Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Murphy's League. This is a very special episode, much anticipated. I'm going to be going over my favorite bets for this coming NFL season. There's going to be over-under win totals, there's going to be Super Bowl odds, and I'm also going to talk about some other player prop bets. If you're in the betting community, I'm sure some of these bets are already on your radar. But there's going to be some sleeper ones in here, so you're going to want to pay close attention. I'm going to go over everything pretty briefly. This isn't going to be a very long episode. I don't want to take up too much of your guys' time. I just want to make sure you guys are making, you know, good money of this upcoming season. Hopefully, I can help you guys out with that. I'm going to be taking a few of these bets myself. Definitely not all of them or anything like that. So if you want to ride or die with me, um, I'll explain myself along the way. Again, not going to go into too much depth because I just want to save you guys' time. I want you guys to get the most bang for your buck, and I want you guys to come back for more episodes to come. If you guys like this format, let me know. Be sure to follow my Instagram, at Murphy's League. And without further ado, let's get into some win totals. I'm going to go from my most confident to my least confident. So keep that in mind as I'm going through this. That's not really going to be the case with some of the player props. Um, I, those are kind of just more mixed in. But these win totals are in order. So the one I am most confident about hitting on, as much as it pains me to say it, it's just true. Bears under six and a half wins is an absolute lock of a bet. There is no way a roster that is this bad wins seven games. I just refuse to believe that. Um, I don't think they're any better than they were last year. They're... I just, I've been saying this for so many episodes now, as it feels like, but the Bears are fucked. I mean, no proven weapons. We definitely downgraded on defense. There's no, like, guy you really are scared of, especially with Roquan not on the field. Sure, there's Robert Quinn, but he can't all do it by himself. And as is, he's a very up and down player. His entire career has kind of been a roller coaster of damn near breaking sack records to breaking sack records to just you know getting two or three sacks in a season so especially at his age i'm not really counting on that i'm expecting to at least you know see some flashes from some of these young guys jaquan brisker is making a lot of noise that linebacker out of wisconsin making some noise too um Vilas jones hasn't really been on the field kyler gordon hasn't really been on the field that's not what you want to see at all um I have a ton of faith in Justin Fields. I don't love what our GM is doing too much so far. I mean, me personally, I wouldn't have made a lot of the picks he made. I wouldn't have been treating a lot of these free agents and just releasing guys the way he's been doing it. Um, some of his signings I don't love. So I guess we'll see is what I'm trying to say. But my point is there's absolutely no shot in hell that the Bears win seven games this year. Uh, under six and a half seems like the easiest lock of any of these win totals. Up next, again, very confident in this happening. Raiders over eight and a half wins. The Raiders are a good team. Sure, they're they're in a really hard conference. The AFC East, or excuse me, the AFC West, by no means is not a cakewalk. We know who's in that division. We know those are going to be really close games. But as far as upgrades this season, I mean, to be a playoff team last year, and yeah, they were a playoff team. Sure, it was a little fluky. They had to beat the Chargers in Week 17, but you know what they did? And they've added some crazy, ridiculous talent since then. Obviously, Devontae Adams is, you know, where you have to go to immediately. They gave up a ton to get him, but just that mismatch he creates on the field and what it's going to do for Darren Waller, what it's going to do for Hunter Renfro, of course, what it's going to do for Derek Carr, it just opens everything up as far as the offense goes. And they're going to be able to do so much, so many more things. Their one concern to me is really their offensive line. Their secondary has some pieces that I do like. I don't love their safety play. Nate Hobbs really impressed as a rookie. I still like Trayvon Mullen a lot. I still think he's kind of coming into his own. Um, so they have some secondary pieces to deal with some of the firepower in the AFC West. But I mean, beyond that, their offense and then 
that pass rush. I mean, Chandler Jones and Max Crosby coming at you, that's that's very scary, and that's going to help the secondary a lot in a lot of ways. Um, so I really, really, I'm very confident the Raiders are going to win more than eight and a half games this year. I could not believe it was that low. Up next, the Bills over 11 and a half wins. I'm fully on the Bills bandwagon. I think they're going to be extremely good this year. I think Josh Allen's going to be a front runner for MVP, if not win it at, when it's all set and done. Um, I'm sure he has to be the favorite at this point. So again, not talking about MVP odds in this episode. I'll leave that to a different day. I'll probably do that on my next episode. Anyways, I have so much faith in this team, this roster. Um, they've you know, been through a lot together. They've obviously been very close to the biggest of games and they have played in some really big games themselves they've proven that they can do it so again i really think the bills are going to win more than 11 and a half games this year i think they're a very very complete team we already know how good they can be there's some dogs barking so i'm gonna pause this <laughs> i think they're good i think we're all we got it all out so up next we're gonna be talking about the chargers right now their win total again None of these should be that surprising. If you guys have been listening to my episodes, you know how hyped I am over these teams already. The Chargers are at 10 wins, and they were unarguably a worse team than the Raiders last year, so that's why the Raiders are, I'm much more confident that they're going to make it past 8.5. I think the Chargers do have a better roster just through and through, looking between their weapons, their secondary, who they added in the pass rush, obviously Cleo Mack. I think over 10 wins is totally... As long as they stay healthy, it should totally happen. And honestly, they don't, really, they don't even have to be totally healthy because that team is just so good. They're loaded at all the most important positions. I mean, they have two dynamic pass rushers. They've got the left tackle. They've got a really good offensive line that upgraded between Corey Lindsay still being there. They're bringing in Kenyon Green, Rashawn Slater. You know, he was a second team All-Pro as a rookie. So he's still really growing and blossoming, coming into his own Khalil Mack obviously got added. J.C. Jackson in the back end added to a secondary that already has Derwin James and Asante Samuel Jr. I mean, this team has everything it could possibly need. I think their only weakness is linebacker, which, you know, isn't as important of a position. And there's still a guy out there like Roquan Smith. If anyone's going to get Roquan Smith, I just hope it's the fucking Chargers because they're kind of becoming the Bears 2.0. Bryce Callahan is there now who, if you don't know who Bryce Callahan is, if you're a Bears fan, you definitely know who he is. If you're a Broncos fan, you probably know who he is. But Bryce Callahan, Callahan, Bryce Callahan is an absolute fucking stud. Watch his 2018 film. He was arguably the best nickel in football. Probably not. In my opinion, obviously I'm biased. I'm a Bears fan. He was the best nickel in football. They are such a good roster. They have everything. So I think 10 wins is an easy lock. Next one, again, a team I'm very high on, higher than a lot of others. I just think the teams in their division got a lot worse other than the Lions, or conference more, I should say. Um, the Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings right now are projected at nine wins. I think they can easily get over nine wins. Judging by how close some of their games were last year, and they should be a lot better this year with Kevin O'Connell coming in, with Zadarius Smith being added, Daniel Hunter hopefully coming back 100% healthy. Justin Jefferson is obviously one of the best receivers in the league. Adam Thielen, hopefully he can stay healthy this year. I mean, there's a lot to like on this Minnesota Vikings team uh, with a coaching upgrade, in my opinion. More of an offensive-minded guy. I really think that this could be a very dynamic offense green bay looking like they're a little bit worse this year i think it's very realistic for the vikings to win over nine games my next one again <laughs> i should have put this higher up i'm pretty fucking confident in this one the seahawks under six win i mean how much more do i have to say the seahawks roster is absolutely atrocious we already know this we already know that drew lock is projected to be the starter right now we already know that 
the best part about their team is the receivers, but they have a quarterback that can't get it to these receivers. Their defense should be absolutely atrocious. They have a decent safety tandem, but how much is it really going to help them? I don't know. Dogs are barking again, so I'm sorry if you can hear that. Hopefully it's not too bad. I'm going to get this one to be quiet because it's literally right next to my window, and I'll be right back. <laughs> All right, I think, I think we're okay. Up next, we got the Saints over eight wins. This is another one that maybe I should have put a little more higher on the confidence level, but I just looking at their schedule, it's so brutal here. I don't have it up right now because I should have prepared for this ahead of time, but I mean, I can pull it up in two seconds. It is insane who they play this year. So they start the season off, you know, easy win, hopefully against the Falcons. And then it's right into the thick of things. They got the Buccaneers, the Panthers. So <laughs> three divisional games right in a row, conference games right now are very important games. And then it's the Vikings, Seahawks, Bengals, Cardinals, Raiders, Ravens, Steelers, Rams, Niners, Bucks again, Falcons, Browns by the time Deshaun Watson is back. That's very important to know. I'll talk about that at the end of this, this episode. The Eagles and then the Panthers to close the season off. So, I mean, between the Eagles, 49ers, Browns with Deshaun, Buccaneers twice, obviously, the Rams, the Raiders, the Ravens, the Cardinals, the Bengals, the Vikings, those are all potential playoff teams. That is so rough. So that's the one reason why it's a little bit farther down here. But as a whole, I mean, the Saints have a damn good roster. They have a really good defense. They've got great linebacker play between Demario Davis. Pete Werner is really coming into his own. We obviously know how good their secondary can be with Paulson Odebo. So good as a rookie last year. I don't think people realize that. Uh, they still have... Um, Gardner Johnson, I can't remember his first name right now. They still have, obviously, one of the best cornerbacks in the entire league in Marshawn Lattimore. Marcus Williams is still there. They have him on the franchise tag, one of the best safeties in the league. And then, of course, the wide receiver core. Whoa, excuse me. The wide receiver core now is absolutely stacked. Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, please God, if he stays healthy. That is one of the best trios in the entire league. Like, no exaggeration there. As a trio, being well-rounded, that has to be one of the best ones. Um, obviously Alvin Kamara is still there. Their offensive line should be very good. I really, really, really like Trevor Penning coming out of college. Um, so we'll see how that turns out. But I mean, this team has proven that they can draft. So I'm trusting it until I see anything different. Eight wins is very little. You can still, you know, win over eight games and not make the playoffs. I could see that very realistically happening. I could see this being a nine or 10 win team. Again, their schedule is just so brutal. That's why they're all the way down here. My final one is going to be the Colts over nine and a half. Again, kind of shady. <laughs> just judging what just happened to the Colts last year. Obviously, Matt Ryan should be an upgrade, but it's not like he has the best weapons outside of Michael Pittman. Um, Jonathan Taylor, as we know, is an absolute beast. Their defense still has a lot of really good parts, but they had eight pro bowlers last year. Excuse me. They had a lot of guys really have career years. Um, maybe there's some regression there. Maybe Michael Pittman isn't as good as he seemed last year. Um, maybe Kenny Moore isn't as good as he was. But again, that's looking at the glass half empty. More glass half full. Matt Ryan's a huge upgrade. They still have one of the best offensive lines in the league. They still have the best running back in the league. Michael Pittman takes another jump forward with Matt Ryan, who, by the way, I think that's going to happen. I think Michael Pittman is an absolute stud. I think Alex Pierce is an absolute stud. I think Paris Campbell even has, you know, something to prove. And I think he could be a valuable weapon to them. So that's why I'm gluing on this. So that's why at the end of the day, I'm still leaning towards the Colts going over nine and a half wins. 
Next are my sleeper Super Bowl picks. I'm not going to include any of the top five guys or teams in this list, guys. I'm not going to include the Bills, the Bucks, Chiefs, Packers, and Rams because that's just again that's just that's not sleeper that just completely defeats the purpose there's really no reason why to talk about those guys because there's a reason why those guys are the favorites you can logically put money on any one of those guys and feel a lot more comfortable than you know the other 27 teams for a reason even though i think if you're putting money on the packers to win the super bowl that's basically burning money um out of those five guys i would be putting my money on the bills bucks or rams personally but of course you can't count the chiefs out so it totally makes sense me personally, I would, again, I'm a Bears fan, so I'm biased as shit, but I would just completely stay away from the Packers. Up next, the two teams that are tied for sixth in their odds, uh, totally makes sense to me. It's the Niners and the Chargers, but at the same time, they're the same odds, right? It's plus 1600 for the Niners or the Chargers to win the Super Bowl. I would take the Chargers over, over the Niners in a second. I know, I know the Niners have had a lot more recent success in terms of, you know, making the Super Bowl, what, three years ago, making the NFC Championship game um, twice in the last four years, I want to say, something like that. Anyways, um, they've had a lot more success comparatively to the Chargers. But again, I'm just, I've already seen what the Chargers can do with their quarterback, and now they have a significantly better roster than they even did last year when their roster was very good and should have made the playoffs. Um, and the Niners barely squeezed into the playoffs just so they can make their push to the NFC wildcard game, which of course was very impressive. You have to give it to them that it's like, you know, what's most important to get to the Super Bowl, but now they have a brand new quarterback there. So I just want to see it before I'm really buying into it. And again, I'm not as high on Trey Lance as a lot of other people are. And you're fully granted your opinion. He has all the tools in the world. I just haven't heard the best things. And me personally, I didn't love him coming out of college as a prospect just because it was a little too raw for me, in my opinion, just like so much unproven potential. And of course there's guys like that, that totally work out. Um, but it seems like a very extreme example of that. So again, if you're looking at those next two teams at plus 1600, I would take the chargers over the Niners in, in a second. Honestly, the Colts are very sneaky at plus 2,500 again, was just talking about the Colts and how they can be successful this year, what needs to happen there and how it could happen because there's a world where it, definitely does so that's a very sneaky bet there and if you want something even <laughs> even sneakier if you really 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 just want a great value pick that might just hit the raiders and the vikings have the same odds at plus four thousand. so obviously if you want to get really crazy and just burn a little bit of money then there's this for you because you know more than likely it's not going to hit but you never know if it does you put a hundred down you're $4,000 richer. So just saying, if I were to pick anything that deep on in the odds list, I would definitely be picking these two teams because roster-wise, coaching-wise, quarterback-wise, they have the ability to do it. These, I, I'm, I know Kirk hasn't played well in big games, and that's Kirk and whatever, but he's still a very proven NFL quarterback, and he can make a ton of plays, as well as Derek Carr. They've both proven it in the past, and I don't care what you say. They can both do it in the fourth quarter. They can both do it if a drive depended on it. I truly believe that. So let's move on to some player props I like. First, we're going to start with Allen Robinson. If you guys know me, you guys know I've been hyping up Allen Robinson a shit ton for fantasy football. He is extremely productive. He's still only 28 years old. He's playing with the absolute, by far and away, best quarterback of his life in the best scheme of his life. 
and I think they're going to know exactly how to use him. He's going to get a ton of targets, especially when Cooper Cup is getting bracketed. Leaving this guy on an island one-on-one -on -one is just going to be a mismatch nightmare for DBs. So right now, his over-under for pass, or excuse me, for receiving yards is 850.5 yards. I'm smashing that. I'm taking that over in a fucking second. If he doesn't go for over 1,000, I would, I mean, he's, if he doesn't go for over 1,000, either he wasn't healthy or something went seriously wrong, and you can come back and blame me 100%. If he's healthy, he's going over 1,000 yards. I'm absolutely confident in it so 850 yards give me that all fucking day i'm so confident that i i bought it today actually i'm so confident that that's gonna happen next up we got darren waller over 825.5 yards again this is just another one where it's like how the fuck is he not gonna go over that if he's healthy every single game i think the only reason why these guys yardages are set this low yardages what <laughs> did i just make up a word why these guys yards props i don't know what the fuck the technical term is why they're so low is what i'm trying to say is because of health reasons because if these dudes are healthy they're going over that there's no fucking shot in hell they're playing across two of the best wide receivers in the nfl now you might be thinking well aren't those two guys that are you know the two best receivers in the nfl gonna get all the targets yeah maybe they will but who's gonna be in double coverage it's those two guys it's Devonte adams and it's cooper cup and you know who's gonna benefit from that it's gonna be alan robinson and it's gonna be darren waller darren waller is one of the bigger night mismatch miss one of the bigger nightmare mismatch mismatches jesus fucking christ one of the biggest nightmare mismatches in the nfl the entire league how do you fuck do you cover this guy one-on-one -on -one? the answer is you can't he is going over 825 yards if he's staying healthy again it just feels like another guarantee one that i'm not <laughs> as confident is but i feel like people might come at from at, come at me for this one I, I just forgot how to speak i guess people might come at me for this one but i'm gonna stick with my guns i'm gonna say that gabriel davis goes under 850.5 yards i really just think we're so high on his last performance we just saw you know one of the best performances by a wide receiver literally in postseason history that we all just think it's going to perfectly translate over and he's just going to be this dominant wide receiver too and he's going to rip up the field next to stefan diggs be a viable fantasy option and you know emerge as one of the best wide receiver twos in the entire league it's, it would be awesome for his sake, I hope that happens. He's still a very young player. It could. But me personally, I don't think it's going to. I, I, I just think we're too high on him right now. I mean, in the regular season, he had 519 receiving yards last year. The year before that, he was still under 500. He, he hasn't proven enough for me to buy into this mark. That's too high for me. It's just... I don't like 850 yards. I would stay away from that. I really think he's going to get under that because I think Jamison Crowder is going to take some targets away. I think James Cook is going to take some targets away. And Stephon Diggs is easily the highest volume receiver in the NFL in terms of targets, year-to-year -year basis, like in and out if you look at the stats. So he's going to stay Mr. Consistent. And there's other guys coming in this offense. Sure, Cole Beasley's not there. But Dawson Knox is coming into his own. Um... James Cook is there. He's going to take a ton of receiving targets away from the running back group, but also the receivers. And then, like I said, Jamison Crowder, he is very slept on. Jamison Crowder is going to be a guy that Josh Allen likes a lot. He's very technical. He's a possession guy. He's like, honestly, in my opinion, I think he's an upgrade to Emmanuel Sanders, and they're going to play a very similar role. So Gabriel Davis wasn't even beating out Emmanuel Sanders early on to, into the season until the season went on, and then Gabriel Davis was getting a lot more reps. I think... 
Gabriel Davis might struggle to beat out guys like Jamison Crowder. So I think, again, 850 yards just seems like far too many for me. I'd be taking that under. My next one, T. Higgins over 1,000.5 yards. Uh, that's, again, if he's healthy, we have 17 games in the season now. He's going to hit that. Like, I, I, I'm so shocked that it is that low because, yeah, Jamar Chase is there. But, again, it's the same argument that I made with the last two wide receiver twos. If Jamar Chase is there, the defense is going to pay all their attention to him. T. Higgins is a fucking mismatch. Have you seen this guy? He's 6'5". He can moss it over any DB. He can get it in triple coverage, for God's sake. And him and Joe's, Joe Burrow's chemistry is only getting better. We saw how dynamic he can be in the Super Bowl. We saw how dynamic he could be the entire playoffs. The entire regular season, he was ripping kids apart. Um, I think he easily goes over 1,000 yards. I'm very, very confident in that. And again, Joe Burrow should be under better protection this year. Maybe they want to run the ball a little more. I don't give a shit. They're going to be a dynamic offense. These two receivers are going to have great years. T. Higgins, over 1,000.5 yards. Lock it in. Easy. Another great value bet, just to throw out before I go on to the more player props. There's a bet right now for Nick Bosa to lead the league in sacks for plus 1,600. As a value... I really goddamn like that. He is a monster. He's still very young. This is right around pass rushers start to come into their prime, their third or fourth year in the league. Um, that defense is going to be really good. Those defensive coaches have proven they know how to use him. And just, again, as a value, 1,600 Nick Bosa, lead the league in sacks, just throwing it out there. I'm not saying you should take it. Just take that as you will. If that interests you, that interests you. <laughs> now, another player prop bet that I have is Chandler Jones over nine and a half sacks. Again, there's a common trend here. If there's another guy in that room that's getting a ton of attention, the other person's going to get freed up from it. Max Crosby is now playing opposite of Chandler Jones. That's going to help both of them so much in the long run. Chandler Jones has proven he can still be an effective pass rusher. His sacks, whoa, his sacks come in bunches, as he proved last year, too. He had five sacks in the first game of the season last year. So if he does that again, he's already halfway there. No, obviously he's not doing that again. But you know what I mean. He's a very, very efficient pass rusher. I don't care how old he is. He still has it. <laughs> he absolutely still has it. Max Crosby is there. This Raiders team, as you can tell, I'm very high on the Raiders this year. I think they're going to be a really good team. And I think Chandler Jones definitely gets over nine and a half sacks. This next one felt like, like stealing candy from a baby because it might be the easiest bet of this entire video. Take AJ Terrell over one and a half interceptions. I know that people have more respect for him now, and maybe he's not going to get targeted as much as he was in the past. But, dude, he's going to get two picks. He's he's too good of a cornerback to not get two picks this year. If he doesn't get two picks this year, that means that there weren't, like, 30 balls thrown his way. That's just... He's so good. He is easily one of the three or four best cornerbacks in the league, if not the, the, the best one or two. You know what I mean? So... I think one and a half interceptions is an absolute lock for this guy. Um, I mean, if the Falcons are obviously going to be losing in a lot of games, so I might not have the game script for it, but I don't care. He's so good that I just absolutely have to believe he's going to at least get two interceptions this year. That just, again, feels like the easiest bet in this entire video, in my opinion. Maybe I just love AJ Terrell, but... I don't know. That just seems so ridiculous. That just does not seem right. I will not be surprised if that goes up soon. So buy that now. AJ Terrell over one and a half interceptions. Do it, do it, do it. I promise you, you will not regret it. Now, this next one, some of you guys should like this one as well, but there's actually a really good reason behind this one. Russell Wilson over 4,050.5 passing yards. So 
first off, my first point, the NFL leaders in passing yards last year were literally a thousand yards ahead of this prop. So I don't know why if Russell's healthy all year, he wouldn't be within a thousand yards of the passing leaders. That seems like a lock because, you know, a thousand yards is something you can average over three games and you're still, it's still 300 more yards. You know what I mean? Like that seems like such a low number for him and then secondly we know how fucking crazy this division is and how high scoring these games are going to be between playing Patrick Mahomes Joe Burrow not Joe Burrow Justin Herbert excuse me and Derek Carr six times out of the year you're gonna have to throw the ball a shit ton and in this offense he has the weapons to do it even if Tim Patrick goes down he still has Cortland Sun he still has Jerry Judy KJ Hamler I really think can emerge as a really good deep threat and can be a sleeper in some fantasy leagues remember that name um so I think he's easily going to go over 4,050 yards. He's done that many times in his career before, and now he has an extra game to do it. So I think that's an absolute lock. Up next, again, talking about a lot of the same teams here, but it's just the teams that I like. It's the teams I believe in. You really got to bet in teams like that that you really have a good feeling about. You don't really want to be betting on just terrible offenses for over stats like this. You know what I mean? So Joe Burrow is going to pass for more than 4,375 passing yards. I don't know what else I have to say. I think that just kind of explains itself. The Bengals offense, we know how dynamic they are. We know they're three receivers deep. We know how good Joe Mixon can be in the run game, which can open up the rest of the offense for these guys. We know that his offensive line is better, and he threw for more of the passing yards than this last year with a worse offensive line. So I think I've said enough. <laughs> I rest my case. Up next, and this is the final one, actually. Aaron Jones over seven and a half rushing touchdowns. Um, I mean, no, it, that's the thing. It wasn't even seven and a half. I wrote it down wrong. It was five and a half. And I would probably still take the seven and a half. Devontae Adams is gone. And Devontae Adams had a ridiculous amount of touchdown receptions. He was ridiculously, ridiculously overused in the red zone. So with him being gone, Aaron Jones has a history of getting in the end zone a lot. I believe there was one year we had 20 touchdowns from scrimmage combined receiving and rushing. So I think over five and a half rushing touchdowns is very realistic for Aaron Jones, especially with that breakaway speed. He's the type of guy that can take a, a carry on the 40 yard line and carry it 60 into the touchdown, into the end zone, excuse me. So I think five and a half rushing yards is definitely a low number for Aaron Jones. I would definitely be taking that over. Now, before I finish this episode, I just have one more quick thing to talk about. Again, keeping it brief keeping it simple let's talk about four more guys i want you you want all of you guys to target in fantasy i talked about the first guy earlier so i'm just going to get him out of the way now jameson crowder jameson crowder great possession guy he's going to be the new emmanuel sanders in buffalo i think there's a lot of value there especially in ppr formats standard maybe not the guy for you he might not be used in the end zone you really want him the way you really want him to um, he might not get those big chunk plays, but in PPR, he's going to be getting all those grabs that are like 7, 10, 12 yard routes. Um, so it's going to be one of the guy you're going to want to target in later rounds because, again, it's going to be so cheap. You are not going to be spending a thing on it, and you might as well scratch off another lottery ticket. I already talked about Damian Pierce in my last video. I just realized that as I was about to read his name, so I'm not going not gonna to talk about him here. Up next, we have James Conner. Now, James Conner is someone that I'm actually not that high on before you know like a couple weeks ago but the more i've kind of been watching the film the more i've been hearing about the cardinals it sounds like his usage might just be fucking ridiculous i actually really liked ito benjamin the backup coming out of college so i think that's another reason why i was kind of just counting out james connor but i mean we really haven't seen 
Benjamin do anything. And now with Chase Edmonds gone, James Conner could see a lot of work in the pass game. Like, he's proven that he can catch the ball effectively out of the backfield. He had a couple games where he really did it very well. And they've proven that they want to use him in the red zone. So, again... I think just him being there, James Ed, or sorry, Chase Edmonds being gone, and Ido Benjamin really not proving that much. I think his usage could be a lot higher than it was even last year. Um, his, we could see some touchdown regression, but I think he makes up for it for how many balls he's going to be catching. So again, in PPR formats, definitely going to be one of someone you're going to want to target. Up next, Tyler Boyd, another Cincinnati Bengal. We've talked about three of them in this video, our <laughs> uh, pod, I guess. Um, he's going to be available in the ninth or 10th round for you guys. And that's just a great value. He's proven to be Mr. Consistent. He's again, this just possession guy. That's going to be getting the catches over the middle is going to be playing all that slot a lot. He's just a very reliable guy. Who's going to be catching a lot of balls. So you know what to count on with him up next. We have Marvin Jones. This is a guy that was actually really impressive last year for the Jaguars. It just kind of got forgotten about because you know, it's the fucking Jaguars. Who the hell was talking about the Jaguars unless it was their head coach? Um, but he still has it. He absolutely still has it. Great possession guy. Just great feet, great hands. He's got some crazy snags in his resume. Um, and in theory, this offense should be a whole lot better than it was last year. So I think Marvin Jones can even have a better year. And again, you can get him so late. I think you can get him in like the 12th, 13th round right now. So as a lottery ticket, just scratch that shit off. It might pay off. Huge. My last guy I want to talk about before I end this entire episode is Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is a guy that kind of feels like he's being faded as this trade request goes on. And he's not going anywhere. But it for me, I just see it as a win-win because we already know what his usage is going to be like in Cleveland. He's going to be catching a lot of balls. And his draft stock might be going down even further with Deshaun Watson not there. But that's really not scaring me away at all. He's proven he can be very efficient in the passing game. He can run between the tackles. If Nick Chubb, God forbid, ever goes down with an injury, he immediately becomes an RB1. So his value is just so useful. And then you might be saying, well, what happens if he gets traded? If he gets traded, the team that's trading for him is most likely wanting him to be their RB1. So again, he's entering a place where he's going to be the lead back. And I really think that could be beneficial to him. So I just see it as a win-win all around here. And again, as people fade him, that just makes me want him more because his value is only going to get better from there if you get him later rounds. So... That's going to be it for me. I hope you guys enjoyed this huge tangent. It felt like I was just rambling, but I hope you guys like this format a little more condensed, just trying to get all the information out there that you can. Cause I know that, you know, you just want to hear what you want to hear. And then you want to get out. You want to go on through your day. You want to make some money on the side for me. Hopefully I can help you guys out this NFL season. So be sure to stay tuned. A lot more stuff coming out soon. Uh, follow my Instagram at Murphy's league. There's going to be, you know, basically weekly bets there. So if you want to have fun with me, ride or die, um yeah hit me up there i hope you guys enjoyed this episode if you did be sure to follow me share this with your friends and peace out guys